Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. And sitting across from me as he is typically on these occasions, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I kicked the map into the creek. Well, that was a short quote. Yes. And if you know the genesis of that quote, please let us know. And if you don't, I'm so scared. <clears throat> okay. All right, I gave it away now. We're going to talk today about geotagging and its relationship to privacy and mm-hmm. how uh, how geotagging can be a really cool thing and can be a really neat way to interact with people online, uh, as well as to keep track of things that you've done, and also how sometimes it can be a bad thing, like you can give tools to people you <laughs> may not want to associate with, ways to harass you and make your life miserable. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to... Uh... To make it clear, too, we, we bring these kinds of things up a lot, and we get criticized on occasion uh, from people who seem to feel that we're 
um, unequivocally saying that these computerized tools are dangerous and scary and therefore and you should turn off all technology. And that's that's not what we're saying. No. Um, like just about every technology we've ever mentioned on the podcast, not all of them, but the vast majority of them. Right. Um, you can use tools for all kinds of purposes. I mean, you could hit somebody in the head with a hammer, but it's really great for pounding in nails. Um, Man, wait, what? <laughs> I have been using the hammer in a very limited way. Uh, I should have known that was going to happen. So, bang, bang. So, <laughs> thanks, Maxwell. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, doesn't that beat all? <laughs> um, no, we're, we're off to a rollicking start. Yeah, on we, this one. we really are. No, it, it, geotagging is one of those things that that uh, can be really, really useful for all kinds of. Uh, informational purposes, it can be used for fun. Yeah. Um, but if you give, like, you know, put your phone number up on on a billboard, and some people you like will call, and other people you don't will. So, yeah. so uh, just be careful how you use that, and that's that's the essential message. But let's get into geotagging and what it is, and right. maybe you know, in, in great much greater detail, we'll get into the privacy issue here. Sure. Yeah. So geotagging is exactly what it sounds like. It is tagging some sort of information with geographical infor- uh, uh, a, a layer of geographical information. Yeah, we're we're talking about metadata here. Yes, and metadata is information about some information. Well, yeah, information about information. That's usually how it's described. Yeah. But um, you know, you have a, a a book in front of you. Well, it's got a title. Um, you can talk about the publisher. You could talk about what kind of paper it was printed on. You can get into all kinds of information you can about that. Talk about that. how many pages it has. Exactly. How many words per page on average. But when we talk about geotagging, you could geotag a book. Hey, it's you know it came from London. Look, it says that right there on the page. It's on my shelf. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, you take a photo um, on your smartphone, and it may include information from the GPS device that you have also in your smartphone. So you can say, go to the Grand Canyon and take uh, photos of your your summer vacation. And right. you could say, this is specifically where this photo was shot. So if somebody, uh, one of your friends, you post this on your photo sharing account on the web, one of your friends wants to go, oh, man, I'm going to the Grand Canyon this summer, too. Where where did you take that picture? I want to see that for myself. Well, you could say, well, these are the coordinates. So there you go, geotagging. Yeah, there's actually uh, a lot of different potential applications for this. Uh, there's the the fun vacation sort mm-hmm. of uh, version that you were talking about. For example, let's say that you go on a road trip, mm-hmm. and along the road trip you take all these different photos, and then you want to organize the photos into a online photo album, maybe even something that's more like an interactive uh, a scrapbook. Mm-hmm. And you want to go and create that. Well, there are programs that will allow you to do that and they what they do is they read the metadata connected to those images mm-hmm. so let's say that uh, you're using a smartphone or you're using a, a digital camera that has a gps receiver built into it because there are some out there mm-hmm. not all of them but there are some and you take photos what's cool is that most cameras now almost all of them will timestamp a photo yes mm-hmm. so it'll give you an exact date and time that that photo was taken so as long as the camera's you know clock is correct and calendar is correct, you're going to have that information included on the image. Then you have the additional information of the GPS uh, 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 coordinates. So you've got longitude and latitude. That gets thrown in there. With the right program, you could dump a ton of digital, not really a ton because they don't weigh anything, but you could drop a lot of digital photos into that and have it arrange those photos by date and time and by location. So you could create an interactive map. 
where someone could then go and look at how you went on your vacation. Like following the photos, they can retrace your steps, see the sites you saw, and sort of live your vacation just by going through these links. And, you know, that's just a basic application of geotagging. Mm -hmm. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of other ones. I mean, there's there are tons of reasons to use it for marketing. Mm -hmm. I used an example recently when I was talking about this on uh, on a local news program. For example, uh, let's say you have a food truck Mm -hmm. and let's say there's maybe four or five locations that you take this food truck to regularly throughout the week. Right. And as a way of showing people uh, where this is, you may take photos of your food truck. So one, they know what it looks like, but you mm-hmm. include geotagging information and a and a, a a map application, so it shows exactly where that truck is located when it's you know when its operating hours have it at that particular spot. Fifth and Main, exactly. So then you've got a a, a a map that pops up. There are applications that incorporate this in such a, a seamless way that you really don't have to do anything other than make sure that GPS setting is turned on. Once you've done that, it does all the work for you. For example, TwitPic does this. Mm-hmm. If I take a photo with my my Android phone and I have the GPS uh, feature turned on when I'm taking photos so it shares location data, right? and I enable the location data on TwitPic. So there are two spots where I have to agree to do this. Right. Um, if I do both of those things and I take a photo using my camera – and then upload it to TwitPic. Not only will it include that geographic location, it'll actually pull up a Google Maps uh, image and show where that photo was taken. And if you want, you can switch map from map view mode to satellite view mode and see a satellite picture of where I, you know, where I was standing when I took that photo. We tried this on camera, and it worked so well. We actually, I took a photo from. Uh, we have a a balcony here at How Stuff Works, a, a nice deck. Really, mm-hmm. um, that I stood out on, and I took photos of. And using the satellite, you could see the exact location I stood, where I took those photos. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, a satellite photo of it, not just a map location. So, that's kind of cool. You can use that for all sorts of reasons. Um, but here's the thing about data: about data, people, mm-hmm. if people know how to access it, they can exploit it. That's right. Um, yeah, it's it's a bad idea. Uh, well, okay. Uh, it before, can be a bad idea. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I was going to say this in a specific instance, but let me back up for just one second. Sure. Um, you can there. Uh, geotagging is something that uh, you know. Of course, I, I I knew about it. It's it's pretty common today. Yeah. Uh, especially for people with with smartphones. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I when I looked into it, looking for a little history, as we are wont to do on this show. Um, I think the first mentions I saw uh, when they were still people were still talking about it as though it were a new phenomenon were around 2007 2008. Yes, and that's when uh, consumer smartphones started becoming more popular. Yeah, the iPhone um, had come out in 2007, and that really launched the smartphone craze, at least in the United States. Yeah, yeah, for consumers. For consumers, of course, yes, they, you know. Yes. Um, and uh, of course, there were the um, uh, the memory cards used in digital cameras like the iFi mm-hmm. uh, that will, even if you don't have a GPS-enabled camera, will store GPS information in the an image's metadata, um, which is pretty cool because you don't have to have a, a GPS, a, a camera with built-in GPS to use that. Um, and I've read pretty good reviews of that. Um, so this is something coming on. And, and now that we can do this, um, 
all sorts of other opportunities have sprung up. People uh, use services like um, like Gowalla or mm. Foursquare. Right. They right. they want to tag where they are, and not necessarily images. Right. They'll say, you know, hey, I'm at the pub, you know, on the corner, and come you know, hang out if you're in the neighborhood. Exactly. Um, Twitter and, Twitter's the same way, and Facebook as well. They have there's Facebook Places, and there's also that you can turn location data on on Twitter if you want to. Yes, that's right, and that's exactly where I was going to go with this. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because you know you can you can say this. You could tell people on Twitter and Facebook and um, through images you shoot with your phone or your digital camera where you are. Um, and that can be great if you want to share details about your vacation. Maybe you're on a business trip and you're somebody who likes to use social media to um, point out how you're different from everybody else and your colleagues. And that's how you network with your colleagues. And um, it shows that you're really valuable in your field. Well, maybe you're on a business trip and you're taking photos and you're tagging everything and you're showing people your exact location and then people realize you're not home and somebody who happens to know who you are, particularly who you are, and maybe they know where you live. They go, well, you know what? They're not home. So yep. if I went to their house, There'd be no maybe there no one me. is there. Yeah. Um, and that can be dangerous. Yeah. And it's it's possible if you don't use your real name uh, on on the social network and you're just taking photos. Um and you could you could take photos of your summer vacation and post them when you get home. Right. And so you have your geotagged uh, photos, and you haven't revealed to everybody that you were out last week. Right. It's like, well, I'm home now. Yeah. So uh, last good week luck. I went on a vacation to so and so. Here are the photos. Yeah. And that's that's great. But yeah. if you're if you're not careful and you post the wrong information, the the right, the exact right information at the wrong time, can... you could clue people in that you're not home. Or right. if you have people that. Uh, might want to do you harm. Uh, I, I hope that's not the case. But yeah, if, if you have somebody that you've upset and they are following you and know exactly where you are, then they can come find you. Yeah, let's, and that could be a little nerve-wracking. We can dive into this even a little deeper because sure. there, are, there are very easy ways where people can find out where you live, That some some of which would be under your control and some of which may not. For mm-hmm. example, let's say that you've taken a photo of... Either your home or you're inside your home. Maybe you're throwing a party and you're taking pictures of the party. Sure. And let's say you've got the location data turned on there. Uh, well, that metadata is going to be connected to those those images. And if you upload those images to certain uh, photo albums, online photo albums, mm-hmm. especially if you have it uh, arranged so that it's public, uh, there's the possibility someone could then pull that image, look at the metadata, and say, aha, this is where this person's house is. I did not know that before, but because they've posted these pictures of an event that they weren't thinking about, like, mm-hmm. oh, this shows where my house is. They're thinking, this was Bob's party, a surprise party. It was great. It was a lot of fun. We took all these photos. That could be that could lead to be a problem. It could also be a problem if you if someone who's visiting you takes photos, mm-hmm. and then they upload it into some public online uh, uh, photo album, and their metadata is turned on. In that case, it's not even under your control. You're not the one who took the photos. But if they tag you in those photos, or they mention that you, they're at your house, and that data is in that, the, if that metadata is connected to the photo, someone could learn where you live. Mm-hmm. And this might not be a big deal for some of you. You may not think that that's a, 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 um, that scary a notion. And, and for most of it, it's probably not. Um, but if you happen to do things like use Twitter or Facebook to post when you go on vacation, like you're saying, I'm leaving tonight. I'm so excited. 
Mm-hmm. Well, then mm-hmm. you've just given the clue that, all right, I know where this person lives. I know they're not going to be home. That This is the perfect opportunity to try and rob them. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, if you're careful about it and you don't share your, your address, then there's less danger of that happening. If it does happen, you can pretty much narrow it down to the people who know you. Right. And then you're thinking, well, there's going to be a reckoning. Because mm-hmm. I know it's one of you jerks, and I'm gonna narrow it down. But uh, but yeah, like I said, with these these systems, it can it can really come back and haunt you. It's kind of interesting too, also to see which services preserve the metadata mm-hmm. and which ones strip it out. So, for example, TwitPick, th- the metadata is preserved. If you turn your location on in whatever device you're using to capture the photo, and you turn it on. On TwitPick. Now, granted, like I said, you have to choose to share it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, that's an opt-in, which is good. We wa- we like opt-in. We don't like opt-out. You know, where you make the the conscious choice to share that information. Right, as a default. Right. Yes. If you if that's the if it's default to opt into it, that's good. Um, so if you so let's say that you have all that, you share it. That metadata will be preserved. What's interesting to me is one major place where people store photos that strips the metadata out, and I would have never guessed it. Is it Facebook? It is. If you upload an image that has metadata in it that that connects it to a location, Mm -hmm. and you upload it to your Facebook profile, and then someone were to go into that photo album, download the image, and open it up in some sort of editor software to kind of see what the metadata is, Uh they are not going to find location data in there. Interesting. It strips it out. So Facebook actually does not support geotagging right now as of the recording of this podcast. Now, could that change? It could. It may be that they incorporate pictures in their places Mm-hmm. Uh, feature and places, mm-hmm. of course, is where you virtually check into locations. Yeah, capital P places. Yes, and and other people can check you into there as well. You right, have to right. approve it, but other people, like let's say that you're at a restaurant and your friends are there, and your friends are on, you know, going through the Facebook places to check in. They can check you in as well, but mm-hmm. you have to approve it before it'll pop up everywhere. Right. Um, there may come a time where photographs are also supported by this feature. Right now, they are not. Mm-hmm. Again, as of the recording of this podcast, so that was interesting to me that Facebook does not actually support geotagging. Yeah. And now you could still tell people where that was mm-hmm. like, if you wanted to. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from putting it in the caption. And there are also services out there that allow you to upload photos and then you put them on a map. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you physically in input the address into the uh, the service. So it's not pulling from the metadata of the picture. It's requiring user input to geographically place photos. That's a little different. It still can come back and haunt you. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, uh, another example of uh, something, there, there have been a number of articles uh, in uh, the media recently about geotagging and the possibility that it could lead to trouble Right. Uh, if you're not careful. Sure. And uh, one of those was, you know, if you have a lot of maybe you're taking you uh, finally splurged and got that home entertainment system that you've always been wa- ah, wanting. Yes. And then you take photos of it and you know share that in public with people and you didn't turn off the geotagging on your phone. And some random person happens on it and goes, wow, that is a really nice new entertainment system. I wonder if they're home during the week, during normal business hours right. when most people are out working. And I have their exact location. 
So yikes. Yeah, that that could be that could be hazardous. So yeah, I mean, it, there are so many things that you could use it for uh, for good purposes. Um, you know, research. Um, you know, personal research, geneolo- genealogical research. Um, you can use it for uh, geocaching. Yep. Purposes too. Well, we had that that great podcast a uh, long time ago. Now it seems like, um, but yeah, I mean there there are games that you can play with geographical information. Um, you just have to be careful what you what you're sharing, and and don't forget that it there may be some kinds of information you do want to tag, and some that you don't. Yeah, like if, if you're making a travel guide for someone, and you're giving them suggestions of where to go within a certain city, mm-hmm. geotagging is a great tool. If you're using a, a website, an interactive website, to show people, look, you know, just down the street from this one museum is this really cool restaurant that uh, that. I recommend because of blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of stuff, it comes in really handy. Uh, but, yeah, there are other – besides the whole burglary uh, possibility, there's also the the question of things like uh, attracting the wrong sort of attention, like stalkers. Sure. That's a very real concern, um, especially if you're using something like Twitter and you don't have a protected uh, uh, t- uh, feed. Like yes. if you If you have a public feed, that means every single thing you publish – is going to be published on the public feed, and theoretically anyone can see it. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you are, I don't know, a dashingly handsome co-host of a technology podcast, and you take pictures of all your favorite places that you like to go, and then some uh, incredibly attractive young lady who has desires upon this bald uh handsome co-host of a technology podcast were to look at those photos and that metadata and say, hey, these are his favorite spots. All I have to do is go to one of these and sooner or later he's going to show up and then I can tell him how much I love him. Why has that not happened yet? I guess I haven't turned that GPS information on. (laughs) That's the problem. I haven't. Dang it. You know, there's always something. But Mm -hmm. no, no, seriously, though, to be to be I'm making light of it. But this is really a very serious situation in that. You know, you you need to be aware that the information you're sharing could, if you're not careful with it, be used by other people to to harass you, and uh, you know, that we don't want to see that happen. Now, again, we are not telling you don't use geotagging. Yeah, just be aware of when you're using it, the situations you're using it in, and the purpose you're using it. Um, because, again, it could be a really fun way to share information about yourself, but you may not want to share everything. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I think that's a that's a good point. Um, it's just it's just one of those things where we're not saying no, don't ever do it. Just, um, you know, just think about it. And, yeah, the odds uh, someone will I, someone someone will invariably write in and say, you know, you said geotagging was bad and I shouldn't do it. Well, yeah, the odds are pretty slim that yeah. some of this is going to happen. Um, but you know, just think about it. It's just like just like if you live in uh, you know a a pretty heavily um, popular populized area, right? Like let's mm-hmm. say like you live in a in a big city, right? You don't normally leave your car unlocked, or no. you leave your uh, house or apartment unlocked because. Even though the likelihood that you'll be targeted or for a home invasion or a, a car burglary is low, you don't go tempting fate. Yeah. Same sort of thing. And, I, and again, you know, there are times when using geotagging is perfectly fine. You just sure. you may not want to use it all the time. Like you're visiting your buddy and you're taking pictures. You might want to you might want to at least ask your friend. 
Yeah. Like, should I turn geotagging off? Because otherwise people are going to know exactly where this place is. Well, yeah, and that's funny because uh, that you would say that because I was thinking specifically of the rash of um, break-ins that has been happening in businesses here in Atlanta mm-hmm. over the past few months. A lot of uh, there have been a lot of break-ins in smallish businesses, like strip malls, uh, from people who are breaking in to steal flat-screen TVs off the walls. Uh, places that are that are offering uh, TV for their customers in waiting rooms and things like that. Um, and, you know, if you're taking a picture of some place while you're out, uh, what geotagging information, it's not necessarily your information. Uh, right. Or you might be the business owner and people are, you know, hey, this is the the cool place where I like to go on, on Thursdays. You know, everybody who's here, we have trivia night or whatever. And uh, if you happen to tag that information and, uh, and it gets posted to the net. It could reveal information about your establishment with uh, the kind of equipment that you have available, and it could inadvertently make it known to uh, to thieves. Yeah. So now, it's, you know, of course, some businesses go ahead and advertise that. Sure. Anyway, well, so I mean, you I mean, want to? That's yeah. Yeah, yeah and so I'm yeah, not saying a that that's. Act. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, I don't mean to intimate that that's the reason right. that that happened. But it, it could. It could give people clues. And, sure. and again, if you're the business owner, then you're going to say, hey, look, I've got this great entertainment. You're going to advertise that. And you're not necessarily going to stop somebody from taking a photo of uh, their friends having a good time at this place because right. they're going to say, well, yeah, I want that'll people build, to know. They'll build word of mouth and so that helps it's, advertise the business. Know. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a tricky situation. I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you, weren't, you wouldn't necessarily think of it. A few, even a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to kind of segue this into a discussion about privacy in the web in general, in the sense that I recently uh, read an essay and then responded to it. Uh-huh. Uh, the essay was Your Life Torn Open, Sharing is a Trap, written by Andrew Keen. It was published on Wired.co.uk okay. on February 3rd, 2011. And in it, uh, Keen bemoans the fact that we are reaching a point where everyone is sharing lots of information about themselves, mm-hmm. not just geotagging, but that is an element of it, but sure. everything like, you know, thoughts and, uh, and relationships and that privacy is becoming decreasingly important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Keen's point was that this is going to mean that humanity itself will change because privacy is part of being human. And if we eradicate privacy, then we're eradicating part of what it is to be human. Uh, and I took umbrage to a couple of his points, one of which was that I don't feel that that social networking necessarily means that you lose all your privacy. Right. Because in most of these situations, you have... First of all, you have the choice of whether or not to use the social networking at all. Uh, yes, and that is an important thing to note. It's not compulsory. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no law that says you have to be on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Right. And second of all, you most of these services have levels of protection that you can choose to either initiate or turn off. Mm-hmm. For example, with the TwitPick thing that I mentioned, you know, you again, you have to have the GPS location stuff turned on your smartphone or camera, and you have to have it turned on on TwitPick for that to take effect. If it's not right. turned on on TwitPick, that metadata will not be included. And so you don't, you know, you have to choose to, to share this information. Mm-hmm. 
So it's not like it's something where Big Brother has appeared and we're all for. He was making a lot of 1984 references. Oh, yeah. Well, and here's the thing is that in 1984, if you don't know that story, in 1984, it's a government mandated society where people are under observation all the time by a, a very oppressive, very invasive government. There's no choice there. Mm-hmm. But with with social networking, there is it's all choice. You can choose, you know, how much you share and how little you share. That's right. And uh, I also just don't think that it's going to lead to the downfall of mankind. So I had some some things to say about that. And if you want to read more, I wrote a, a blog post about it. And if you want to read uh, Keen's essay, I do recommend reading it. He makes some good points, things that I do not disagree with. I just felt that some of his central premises were a little faulty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other element is the idea between uh, using the Internet to share this information versus using your memory to remember stuff. Mm-hmm. Because we've talked about that in the past. We talked about Nicholas Carr's famous article, Is Google Making Us Stupid? Right. We did a whole episode about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea being that we are using computers and the cloud to store information that normally we would just store in our own memories. Uh uh, Nicholas Carr's point was that he he felt he was losing – this was very anecdotal – but he felt he was losing the ability to re- retain information, that he couldn't even maintain focus on anything that took longer than a few minutes mm-hmm. because the internet had conditioned him, right? Mm-hmm. The web had conditioned him to uh, accept information in – in a website, like a web page sized amount, and then that's it. You can't go more than that. So he couldn't read a book anymore. Yeah, I think that's funny because that's that's one of the points that David Allen makes in his Getting Things Done mm-hmm. is uh, life can be very stressful if you have a lot of things to manage. So writing things down or recording them in some fashion, it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be uh, written, um, is, uh, is a good way to take the stress off because once you have it written down in a place where you're going to go back and look you you're less likely to forget to do that thing to accomplish that thing and that's just one of the points he made it's one of many points he makes in the book um the important thing again to note is he suggests writing it down like on a a paper planner is sort of where he started he said well you know if you have an electronic system that you prefer to use but it's not the technology specific it's not because we have twitter and geotagging that uh, we're giving away our privacy. It's what we're sh- what we're doing with the technology right, right. as individuals and making our individual choices on what to do with that technology. Uh, no matter. I mean, you could write your location down on a piece of paper and yeah, you know, copy it five hundred times and give it out to people. It, you wouldn't have the same reach as you would if you were doing this on the internet. But you're still giving away important information about you. Sure. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not the technology per se. It's what you're doing with it and then what you're sharing with it that matters. Right. And and I really find Carr's point interesting and in mm-hmm. the, the idea that he, he thinks it's it's a, a scary thing to be to lose that ability to retain information. Yeah. You know, because we essentially feel like we've offloaded that off our brains so we can free up our brains. We don't need to remember stuff because it's somewhere else. For example, I used to be able to rattle off the phone numbers of all of my close friends and my family members. Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to remember about 
four of them. Yes, because you have them in your smartphone. Exactly. They're all in my contacts list. I don't have to remember. I just go to the picture of the person and say, hey, there's the dude I want to talk to. Click on his picture and there I go. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, uh, there is something to his argument. What I thought was interesting is I read another point where this seems like uh, it's almost the opposite take. Uh, a fellow by the name of Kevin Slavin wrote an essay called The Ebb of Memory. Mm-hmm. This was part of a book called This Will Change Everything. It's a series of essays yeah. uh, from various experts in various fields kind of giving their take on what will change everything. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, several copies have been floating around the uh, House of Works, Works Editorial Department. So. Yes. So Slavin's uh, point was that it was, like I said, kind of the opposite. He said that human memory, the fact that human memory degrades over time mm-hmm. is a good thing. That that the typical person, they will experience something, they will remember it, and over time, aspects of that memory will change. We will drop certain details. We may add certain things that did not happen into the memory, mm-hmm. and we will misremember. I mean, this is why anecdotal evidence is not entirely uh, uh uh, you know, uh, reliable. Right. It's why when you bring witnesses in in court cases, especially for something that happened years and years ago, mm-hmm. the the testimonial uh, evidence is sometimes less reliable than any physical evidence you found. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we don't remember things exactly the way they happen necessarily. Uh, and he says this is a good thing because if something tragic happens in our lives over time. We are able to distance ourselves. We forget certain things. We don't feel that pain the same way when we think back as we did when it happened. Mm -hmm. There are people who have perfect memory. Right. Total recall where they are able to remember every single thing that they've encountered with absolute clarity. And they explain they describe their 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 uh, their experiences as being just as raw as when it first happened. So the happiest moments of their lives, when they think on those moments, they experience those emotions as if it had just happened. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the most tragic things. And Slavin's point is that that is that is really a tough life. Mm-hmm. It is hard to live that life where you can think back on the things that happened that maybe you're ashamed of or maybe something that just hurt your feelings. And to experience that all over again, it's really hard to live with that. His point was that by offloading all this on the web, we are preserving that inf- information. Right. All the information exists on computers or in the cloud. We can access it at any time. And then because information on computers and in the cloud does not change. It's not like computers forget things. Mm-hmm, that's true. We're going to see the details exactly as how we it, we first put them in when we recorded them the first time. Yeah. And so Slavin's argument was that that this 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 sharing that we're doing, this disregard of privacy will ultimately mean that we will live as if we have perfect memories and that as a result we will always be in danger of feeling the highest of highs and the lowest of lows mm-hmm. because we we are not giving our memory the chance to incorporate these things into our experience and then just uh and and uh, and evolve over time. Right. Right. So that's kind of fascinating too and again it it, it relates back to geotagging because we can now record the events of our lives on with a level of detail that is far beyond anything that anyone else has been able to do. Automatically. Right. Like, I mean, you could have done it in the past, but it took more work. It took your work to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because uh, one of the articles that I read in preparation uh, 
for the podcast was an older piece that uh, Charlie Sorrell did mm-hmm. for Wired. I mean, this was this was really before there were automated systems. I mean, I, I'm sure there were things that that you could do, but he was relying on the then new uh, memory cards that had the built-in GPS system. Um, so he said, you know, basically the the, the technology hadn't been made popular at that point mm-hmm. to automatically geotag and send photos. Right. Um, so it was still sort of a, a new uh, thing. And, you know, you could use if you could sync up the date uh, or the time, actually, the time on your GPS uh, receiver and your your camera, mm-hmm. if you have the timestamp, then it's you know easy to sync up, as you were saying before. Um, you may not necessarily have the information stored. Uh, you may have to write it down, but at least you had some sort of record of doing that. Um, you know, so there there are ways to do that even before it it became a, a popular technology to build right in. Of course, those of us with smartphones, um, you know, I'm I've been playing around with that since I got an Android phone myself. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, you know, it's so much easier now to automatically do it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that that can be the problem if you're somebody who wants to do it sometimes but not other times. If you just leave it enabled, you may inadvertently. Uh, save information, or if you leave it off all the time, you may wish you had done it later. You know. Yeah, and and we should point out that you know I talked a lot about the services that automatically incorporate the metadata mm-hmm. into them. You don't e- even if you aren't using a service that does that. If there if the metadata is there, it is possible to see it. It just means that the person who's looking at the photo has to open it in an application that will show that sure, metadata. Sure. So a lot of photo editors do it. Even photo viewers in the more recent uh, operating systems will let you see that. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have an older operating system, like, I don't know, people who are using certain computers for certain companies, um, you may not be able to see that metadata because the operating system came into being and the applications came into being before GPS metadata was included with photos. Yeah. Or so, at least before it came popular. Right. So you don't have that access. That, I found that out. I went through all of the programs I have where I can manipulate photos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I tried to see which ones would let me see the metadata that included GPS location and which ones don't. I have one program on this computer that lets me see metadata. Well, like it's, def- it's definitely becoming more popular. Uh, yes, just so about have, every editing software now that's you know yes. designed for the consumer. Yeah. Um, now, if you're using really high end stuff, well, even, they may include it, but it's not necessarily something that you know. Even things like Windows need. Picture Viewer. Yeah. In the, in the more recent operating systems, you can find the metadata there. Yeah. And iPhoto for the Mac with its yeah. you know, it's got features. For right. That. So yeah. So yeah, if you have a newer machine, if you have like Windows Seven or I, I believe even Windows Vista. Uh-huh. Um, you would be able to to view this information pretty simply just by looking at the properties and looking for that that uh, location data. It might be in longitude and latitude, but all you have to do there is copy and paste it into a, a program like just like Google Maps, and mm-hmm. that'll that'll show you exactly where that location is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's a really interesting technology. It has a lot of legitimate uses, a lot of fun uses. Sure. Uh, they're just just like any other tool. There are good ways to use it and bad ways to use it, and you should be aware of both before you just go out there and start clicking pictures of everything. Yeah. So that was a good discussion. And I, I, I apologize for getting very philosophical toward the end of it. But uh, I just felt that that was one of those things that, you know, it's really interesting to me. And I, I wanted to dive into it. Yeah. And again, it's it's like anything else. There are good points and bad points mm-hmm. to 
to recording that information. Yep, so. yep, yep. So uh, if you guys have any stories you want to share or any thoughts about privacy and the web and what its role is, do you think privacy is a thing of the past? Do you think we're actually going to get to a point where we will all either by choice or perhaps by force no longer have privacy? Let us know. Uh, you can let us know on Twitter and Facebook. The handle there is TechStuffHSW, or you can shoot us an email. That address is TechStuff at HowStuffWorks.com, and Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.